thank you for allowing us this time together. We thank you for the great salvation that you provided us through Jesus Christ our Lord. We thank you for letting us participate with you in this ministry. For you even given us your spirit. And you called us sons and daughters. You made us your own. We thank you for these things even now. In Jesus' name. And Lord, as we enter this portion of the service, we ask that you go in with us. That you speak to us out of your word. That we who have ears will hear with the Spirit of God saying unto the churches. And that you will touch our ears and teach us to listen. And touch our eyes that we might perceive Christ. We thank you for it even now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We thank God today. We, I am grateful. Praise the Lord. Amen. And have an attitude of gratefulness and worship. And we are thankful for all that the Lord is doing for us. Amen. We want to welcome you to the Living Water Church. I'm Pastor Faison, and we come to you from East Orange, New Jersey, and we celebrate Jesus with you. And we thank you for allowing us to come to your homes this way and participating with us in the act of worship. Praise the Lord. We're studying, um, we're doing a character study in the person of John the Baptist, the son of Zachariah and Elizabeth, and this is our second our second part, and um, we're probably looking at four parts, and we want to pick this up in Luke chapter 3. First, to review what we talked about last week, John is the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth, also known to us as Zach and, Zach and Liz, right? And Zach and Liz were elderly people before they had any children. Matter of fact, his mother was way past... Um, Almost said puberty. <laughs> She's way past menopause. <laughs> past menopause. And so she wasn't physically able, but because of the miracle of God, see, God can do miracles that that baffle science. You know that, right? Because of the miracle of God, he allowed her to give birth to a child. And the child was prophesied about by the angel Gabriel. And so he's comes as a forerunner of the Christ, all right? And John is the, the son of Elizabeth, who's also a cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus, which means John and Jesus are cousins. Not first cousins, not even second cousins, but they're cousins, all right? And, and so we have this John is being born here, and according to the prophecy, he was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Okay? So from his mother's womb, he was filled with the Spirit, and no, no razor was going to come to his head. He's not going to drink any wine or anything like that. And so he was going to leave, but he was going to live a sanctified, separate life, right? Which was taught by his parents because, according to the Word of God, his parents were blameless in the commandments and the ordinances. And so we we fast forward to maybe he's about thirty years old, we believe. And he's preaching in the wilderness. He's preaching repentance. He's preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. He's telling everybody that, that Christ is coming and you need to be ready. And what he's showing them is that your lineage is not enough. Because you're a child of Abraham, that's not enough. And your practice of your religion is not enough either. Because the, even if you follow the law, the law can't save you. The law will point out your sins and your faults. And then you have to do the sacrifices and make atonement for your sins. 
And so he's saying, that's not enough either. What you need to do is to repent. You need to change your mind. You need to change your ways. You need to turn around and do things differently. And that's what he's preaching, repentance. And the sign of the people's conversion or the sign of the people's repentance is that they be baptized. Now, baptism was re re well, reserved for people who being converted to Judaism, all right? But now we've got these Jews being baptized. They're being baptized because they have a change of heart, a change of mind, and they're repenting of their sins. And we want to pick it up here in um, Luke chapter 3. We'll start at verse 7. And he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, when we talk about multitudes, we talk about the people from all the region, all around the region was coming, some to be baptized, and some were coming, like we read last week, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders, were coming to see what was going on. He said, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruit worthy of repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we are Abraham, we are, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. See, while we're preaching salvation, he's also preaching judgment. There's salvation and there's judgment. And so when Christ comes, Christ comes to judge and he comes to save. Right? And so that's what John is talking about also. When he talks about the axes laid at the tree and said, he said, and he talked about fruit, were there repentance. In other words, show evidence that you repented. And here's the kind of evidence, right? And let me read this next verse for you. Therefore, every tree that is Every tree which does not bear fruit, good fruit, is cut down and thrown into the fire. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 said, so the people asked them, what shall we do? He said, okay, we repent. what do we do now? Basically is what they're saying. And he said, he said to them, you who have two tunics or if you have two coats, give one to the guy who doesn't have a coat. In other words, share, share what you have, okay? Then the, and um, he said to them, he said, the tax collector, he also said that if you have food and somebody else doesn't have food, give them some food. In other words, share your clothes, share your food, share your possessions, whatever you have, share with somebody who has less than you have. Okay? Then the tax collectors come by <laughs> and to be baptized, and they say, teacher, what shall we do? And he tells them, I can paraphrase. Stop cheating these people. Only collect the taxes that are due. You know, forget about the, the um, interest and penalty. Oh, shoot. That's not them. I'm thinking of somebody else. Okay. Um, just get the taxes. Just collect the taxes that are due. All right? And then the soldiers come. We talk about Roman soldiers. You know, Roman soldiers come and repenting. They, that's a big deal, y'all. Because they're the occupying army, they're the occupying force, and they come to repent. And here, look what he tells them. He says in verse 14, he says, Do not intimidate anyone or falsely accuse anyone, 
and be content with your wages. See, he's telling them, don't, don't, don't be a bully. Don't pick on people. And don't try to be an informant and be content with your wages because they had a property sold to some of them wanted to desert. You know? And so he wants them to be content with the wages that they're doing. And so anyhow, there's an expectation of the Lord's return. And John is preaching. And when you get down to verse 16, because people are thinking, maybe he's Christ. Because he's so dynamic. And he's so such charismatic. And he's so anointed. Maybe he's the Christ. But he answers that for them in verse 16. And John answers saying, I indeed baptize you with water. We read this last week in another version. But one mightier than I is coming whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loosen. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We're talking about salvation and judgment. The Holy Spirit represents the salvation, and the fire represents the judgment. See, because we understand those who reject Christ will go into judgment. Okay? And look at this. His, his waning fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out the threshing floor and gather the wheat into the barns but the shaft he will burn with unquenchable fire salvation and judgment being preached at the same time so the, the, the fan that he's talking about is fan or a fork what it is is something that they use to um to separate the covering from the wheat. The chaff is the covering of the wheat, and you gotta separate the chaff from the wheat, and they would take the fan and they would they would beat the wheat, they would you know, hit it, right? And then what they would do, they would lift it up in the air, and the covering, the chaff is so light that the breeze would take it away, but the wheat was heavy enough to fall down. And remember, in, um, in um, Psalms 1, it says the ungodly are not so, but like the shaft that the wind drives away. And that's what it means. So you, 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 you hit it down, and then you lift it up. You, you lift it in the air, and the breeze will take the covering away, but the wheat will fall. And the shaft gets burned up, and the wheat gets stored. Okay? And so that's what we're doing here. And so what we want you to understand, that the, the preaching of John was so effective and, and so so forceful that folks came around to hear him and other folks came around to criticize him. You know, if you tell the truth, you're going to get critics. Without a doubt. Especially if you call out somebody's sins and somebody's faults, you're going to get critics. And you don't have to name the name, the sin, the sin that people are doing. You don't have to name it. Just knowing that you're preaching against sin will cause people to be offended. And one of those people being offended was Herod. Because John called him out. John exposed, John says in verse 18, and with many exaltations he preached to the people. But Herod the treacherous, being rebuked by him concerning Herodias, his brother's wife. He took his brother's wife and for all the evils that Herod was doing. And so for this reason, we're going to come back to this later in another session. Um, Herod has it in for John. Okay? So I want you to see something else. 
So John is preacher. Okay, and let's go over to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Because Jesus is coming. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, we start around verse 29. says the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world now listen when we talk about the Lamb of God we're talking about God's Lamb see for the people of Israel and for the, the religion and for the temple worship and for the law you had to make sacrifices to have your sins atoned all have sinned and come short of the glory of God without a doubt. All right? Even the priest had to make sacrifices for himself. You know? And so whenever you, whenever you commit a sin or a fault, you had to make a sacrifice. You had to take an animal, and you had to, that, that innocent animal had to shed his or her blood for your sake. Okay? And even on the Day of Atonement, the people of God um, waited for the high priest to go and make a sacrifice to atone for the people's sins. Remember that? Even back as far as um, the day of Passover, the original Passover, where the people of Israel was in bondage in Egypt, and the angel of the, the angel of the Lord, the angel of death came by, and any house that had the blood on it, on the uh, doorposts and the lentils, was spared. But the homes that did not have the blood on it, the 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 firstborn of that family was killed. Alright? And so, what we have here, we have God's lamb. Okay? Everybody has to have a lamb. Everybody has to have an animal. And even God has one. God, not just an animal, but God's perfect lamb, God's perfect sacrifice. The God who has no sin, of course. The God of judgment. The God of mercy, as well. The creator of God and the Holy Father, he's, he provides a lamb for the people. It's as if a judge, he's the judge, and he says, you are all guilty. Right? But because you repent, because you confess your sins, I'm going to provide the sacrifice for you, so you can go free. Alright? You're guilty, you're guilty, you're guilty, all y'all are guilty. All my people, all the people are guilty, all of us are guilty. But God is going to pay for the sin and pay make the payment so you can go free. And that's who Jesus is. Jesus is the Lamb of God. He's God's Lamb, the, the Lamb that God provides to make the sacrifice for all of us so we can live free. And what does he require? That we confess our sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is his righteous judgment to forgive you when you confess your sins, when you repent. Okay? Because that lamb that John is talking about here went to the cross. He lived a perfect life. He himself knew no sin, had no sin. So he's the perfect lamb. He went to the cross to die for our sins and was risen again on the third day. Alright, so when we talk about the Lamb of God, we talk about God's Lamb, the Lamb that God provides Himself. Okay? You don't have to provide the Lamb. 
You don't have to provide a sacrifice. You don't have to get another animal to die in your place. We got the man, Christ Jesus, fully God and fully human, dying in place of us. So we don't have to make any more of these kind of sacrifices. And he becomes our high priest and makes intercession for us even now. So look what it says here. Verse 30. He, this is he, whom I said after me comes a man who's preferred before me. For he was before me. I did not know him, but he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. He said, before I even realized, and they're cousins, right? So they must, they must not have had a lot of contact together, you know, living in different parts of the country. Um, but he didn't realize who he was, right? But he knew he had to preach. And John knew he had to prepare. He knew he had to work, but he saw him coming. And look what it says here. Verse 32, and John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me, talking about God, to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testify that this is the Son of God. Amen. So John is testifying that Jesus is the Son of God, right? And so he has to baptize Jesus. Let's go over to Matthew chapter, chapter 3 and watch him baptize Jesus. Now, you know, the Gospels have different accounts of the same story, but they're all right. Matthew chapter 3. Around about verse 13. Here it comes again. Then came Jesus from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Now Jesus has no sin. He has nothing to repent of. Okay? And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. John is saying, No, 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 no. You need to baptize me. All right? Similar to what Peter's going to say later on when he meets Jesus. He's going to say, Oh, I'm a sinner, man. Leave me alone. Go away. Go away from me. I'm a sinner, man. All right? The same kind of thing that Zacchaeus, the, the tax collector, is going to say to Jesus. And, you know, he's going, to, he's going to call out his sin and repent too. And what happens is when you come in the presence of the living God, you recognize that you have fault flaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You recognize you have fault. You recognize you have needs. And even John the Baptist, whom Jesus will call later on the greatest man to ever live, Jesus is going to call him that, is recognizing that he has faults too. And he says, you should be baptizing me. But Jesus said, allow it. Allow it to be so to fulfill all righteousness. He's just doing it for an example for the believers. And he's, he, and he's honoring John's ministry. Right? Imagine if he, could, if he stood there and said, you're right, I don't need this. Okay? 
But that wasn't his attitude. Jesus humbled himself. Remember, the scripture says that he humbled himself, right? And he even further humbled himself and became obedient unto death. So Jesus humbled himself before his servant to be baptized by him, to fulfill all righteousness. Now, let's see what happens when he's baptized. Okay? Um, let's look at verse 16. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. The heavens were open to Jesus. This doesn't mean that everybody saw this, okay? And he saw the Spirit of God ascending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. All right, so John sees this. The, John and Jesus sees this. John sees the, the, the Spirit, in the Spirit, he sees the Spirit descend upon Jesus, and Jesus sees the same thing. All right? Then the voice comes out of heaven for, every, for the rest of them to hear that this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And so this begins the ministry of Jesus. From here, he's going to go into the wilderness and be tempted by the devil for 40 days. And he's going to come out there preaching and teaching and healing and doing great works. Right? And this is going to be the, um, I won't say the end, but it's going to be the closing of John's ministry. Because John has done everything that God has called him to do. He may have preached about six months. He's only about six months older than Jesus. So if he started on his birthday, if he started on his 30th day, he may have preached about six months. All right? And so he had a short ministry as far as timing. You know, as far as timing, he has a short ministry. It's not, it's not over yet, but it's coming to a close because more people are going to be coming to Jesus. All right? Because he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what John's job John said he's preferred above me, right? I, I'm, I'm going to decrease, he's going to increase. I'm going to step out of the way so he could do his ministry, so he could do the things he needed to do, right? And that's what John's work was. And it's amazing that John was a great minister and a powerful man. He came in the spirit of Elijah, and he had many disciples, and he understood that this is not forever. Because I'm the forerunner, I'm the go-ahead, I'm going to prepare the way for the Christ. And that was his work that he did. All right? And so that's what John does. He prepares the way for Christ. He ministers so Christ can come and do all that Christ needs to do. So what we have here, we have, we have John preaching in the wilderness. Folks coming out. The hearers and the critics come out the word. And he preaches salvation and judgment. See, we don't want to preach judgment. We don't want to tell people that they're in danger. You know, we just want them to, we just want them to know that things are going to be alright. You know, and it's going to, tomorrow's going to be better than today. That's what we want to do. We want to say, oh no, you're blessed above measure. Don't worry about it. You got God has you and he's going to fix these things for you. But we don't want to preach judgment. We don't want to warn people that there's a hell, that hell is real. 
and that judgment is real, and you must be born again. You must be born again. You know, it's not a, it's not an option. It's not a suggestion. It's a command from God. Be born again. Well, you can't born again yourself, so you have to come to Jesus yes, and repent. And what John said, said before, the religion was not enough, and the lineage is not enough. Your, the, your ancestors are not enough, right? If you depend on grandma's prayers, that's not enough either, y'all. You know, you have to come for yourself. Yes. You have to repent. You have to know God for yourself. And the only way to know him is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yes, that's the only way. And yes. Jesus is the one who made the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, God's Lamb, who died for your sins, died for my sins, and took all our sins and judgment and everything he took upon himself, right? He took upon himself so you and I could live free. Free from sin, free from judgment, free from guilt and condemnation, free from the habitual practices and the addictions and the habits that we have. We could live free from that because of what Jesus has done for us. All right? But on the other hand, it says, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Which means if you don't believe in him, there is a perishing. Yeah. Right? And everybody since Adam has sinned and comes short of the glory of God. And everybody since Adam has sinned and deserves judgment. But you don't have to go into judgment. You don't have to punish for your sin. Because Jesus the righteous took all our sins all you and I have to do is believe on him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? He just made it so. He did all the work for my salvation and all I need to do is trust him for it. Trust him for the salvation. And that's what John is preaching. That's what Jesus preaching. That's what the apostles are preaching. That's what Stephen preached before he was stoned. And that's what we preach. That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he died for your sins, and he was risen again on the third day, and he's in heaven even now making intercession for us. He rose, I mean, he literally bodily rose. Okay? I don't want you to think that he just rose and went to heaven. You know? No. The man Christ Jesus died, the man Christ Jesus came out of the grave. All right? He's, he stayed here another 40 days. He fellowshiped with the apostles. He ate food with them. All right? The man, fully human, that man, he did all those things for us. And there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. All right? And so we're grateful today, but in, in, while we're, great, we're grateful because we've been spared this judgment, but we have to warn the rest of the world that there is a judgment. Right? Sin must be judged. And you can have your sin judged for you by Jesus Christ already, who's already paid for it, or you could bear the judgment yourself. And I, I suggest that you don't want the latter. You don't want to have to bear that judgment yourself because it's an unquenchable fire. It's just like the scripture we read about the shaft, the wheat being gathered, the shaft being in an unquenchable fire. John's preaching that. All right? He says, he comes, he will baptize you with the Spirit, 
want to be baptized with the Spirit. You want to be engulfed in the Holy Spirit. All right? You want to be filled with His Spirit. Because the alternative is the fire. And the fire represents judgment. So, so, so friends, and, and only wishes and folks listening and watching, and saints, we pray that you make a choice for Jesus. Choose Jesus today. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't, don't say, well, I got time. You know, I got time. I, you know, I'm, I'm still young. I got time. You know, I'm, I got some things I want to do first. Got some stuff I want to accomplish. Then I'll, then I'll give my life to him. And, and we're, we're encouraging you, don't wait. Don't put it off. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus while you have the opportunity. And the day you hear my voice, he says, harden not your heart. And I know I'm here talking, but the, the word of God, when the word of God goes forth, you're hearing the voice of God. Yes. You're hearing his words. All right, when we read the scripture, those are our words, those are his words. Yes. And when we preach before you, we're preaching what Jesus has given us to preach. Amen. Amen. And we want you to receive it and, and say, yes, come to faith in Jesus. Say, yes, Lord. I reiterate, he's done all the work. He's provided everything you need. And you don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to make yourself ready. You don't have to wait till Sunday or a church service. You don't have to wait for the church to be open. You go in there and give your heart to the Lord. Wherever you are, wherever you stand, sit, lay, whatever you're doing, you can be driving and you can give your heart to the Lord right where you are. Don't have to put it off, right? We suggest you don't put it off, and you don't have to wait till a certain day or time. When I was a young fellow, I may have told you this already. I thought I had to be at a certain place at a certain time to be saved, and I went through a week of worry and anxiety when all I had to do was just to say, "Lord, I need to be saved." I knew I need to be saved. All I had to do was just tell him. Right? And I believe the gospel of salvation comes when you believe, but I didn't realize I was a believer because I thought I had to stand before a preacher to give my heart to the Lord. When he had my heart, what are we telling you? Where you wherever you are, he that believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life will start right at the moment you believe. Even before you confess it, it starts. You know, Confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you all unrighteousness. Yes, indeed. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You shall be saved. Call upon him. Yes. Call upon him. Whosoever call upon the name shall be saved. That part is simple. Because all the complications and all the hard work and all the drudgery and the dealing and, and, and everything else is done. It's Jesus who fulfilled the law kept the law, he fulfilled it, and you're not under the law, you're under grace when you come to faith in Jesus Christ. So pray this with me, if you will. Say, God, I want to be saved. I want Jesus to come into my life and forgive me of my sins and save me today. Jesus' name. That's a simple prayer. But a lot has happened. And if you pray that in faith, 
there's a lot happening in your life. You're being converted. You're a Christian man, woman, child, right? And you need you need um you need some teaching. Sure, you need a, a Bible teaching church fellowship. Amen. And we welcome you here. If you can't be around with us, we have to you have to find a place where they teach the Word of God. Salvation has come to whosoever would believe. And you know what comes with salvation? You get these other benefits. And the scripture says that um, that he loves us so much that he calls us the sons of God, sons and daughters. And it, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but when he appears, we shall be just like him. We're going to be just like Jesus. Okay, you have a relationship with the father. You have a father-son, father-daughter relationship with the living God. When Jesus taught, he always taught about God as father. Your father which is in heaven. You know, he says that your father were here in heaven and, and, and provide for you. He talks about God as a father. Because he's given us the relationship that he has with God. It's the same relationship that you have father, son, father, daughter relationship. And you have those privileges. That's why you go boldly to the throne of grace, the Bible says. And you receive forgiveness of sin. And grace to help you in your time of need, your time of trouble. You need some grace. You go boldly to the throne. You're like the child that busses in his parents' bedroom. Right? Young child doesn't knock. Child just breaks right in. It doesn't matter what's going on behind that door. Their mother's there, their father's there, they come and boom, right in there. All right? Because they go boldly. They have this confidence that on the other side of that door is my folks. And they're going to meet my need. Or one of them will meet my need. Okay? It's the same way with you and I. With you and me. God will meet your need. He will help you. He will help you in your illnesses. He'll help you in any addiction that you have. He will help you clean up your record, right? And, and, and help you make restitution to where you need to make restitution. He will help you in any of those areas of your life, whatever you need. You don't have to clean the stuff up first. Come to Jesus with the stuff. We say it before. We say it all the time. Bring all your stuff with you, right? Your sins, your hurts, um, your your diagnosis, your habits, your problems, your worries, your troubles, bring all that stuff to Jesus with you. He can handle it, and he will help you with it. And he won't turn you away. <laughs> he won't turn you away. In no way will he cast you out. Anybody come to him will not be cast out. It doesn't matter who you are or what you did. He will not cast you out. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Right? Have a come to Jesus moment now. So you can walk out the house, walk out the room, or wherever, stay wherever you are, knowing that you're a changed individual. Alright? Because in Christ we become new creations. And the old things have passed away. And behold, all things become new. Have that newness of life just for the asking. Amen. We are so grateful.
On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter and to support our ministry with your tithes and offering. You can use PayPal at LivingWaterCCC, Cash App at Living H2O Church, or Zelle at 973-902-9933. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.